0: This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with like days of Noah and Lot, the persistent widow, Pharisee and tax collector, blessing the children, and rich young ruler. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordindoors.org or your favorite podcast provider. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in the land. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is the Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful.
1: steadfast love, of
0: Jesus said, If any man would come after me, Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was for our enemies. From the rising of the sun to its setting, reading from Matthew chapter 5 you have heard that it is said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of the Father who is in heaven for he makes his Sun rise on the evil and on the good This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. We have an Advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered not to death. He was delivered from the sins of the people. You shall have no small catechism, page 323. What is the first petition? What does this mean? How is God's name kept holy? What is the second petition? I kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God
1: certainly comes by itself without our prayer. But we pray this petition that it may come to
0: us also. How does God's kingdom come? The third petition I will What does this mean?
1: The was
0: How is God's will done?
2: Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus teaches to pray. I think most of us, when we think of prayer, we might think probably first of petition. We ask for something. We come to our dear Heavenly Father to ask Him. And then we might think, well, praise should be in the mix too, right? I mean, you should also praise God, that you acknowledge who God is. You praise Him for His great deeds, for the great things He has done for the salvation He has accomplished for us. Now, these three first petitions of the Lord's Supper they are a little different, aren't they? They are not a petition as we normally think of them. That is, we don't say, Dear God, please give to us. They don't mention us. Thy name be hallowed. Thy kingdom come, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." It's about God. But it's about God in a different way than when we praise God. It doesn't simply tell us what God has done in the past or what He will do, or that we praise God for simply who He is, His almighty power, His love. Hence, when you look at Luther's explanations, they are a little strange too, aren't they? Because they have two parts. They have two parts. They first say, what does that mean? So Luther thinks, we are just you be, you'd be just as startled as he was or as we are. What does that mean? And then, how does this happen? And so he tells us God's name is certainly holy in itself. The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer. The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer. The natural question now is, so why pray? I mean, if all that happens anyway, why pray? Isn't that kind of superfluous? Why pray? God does not need our prayer. It's not as if we ask him to do something for himself, so to speak. He truly is in command, and we should not think that, well, yeah, that stuff with hallowing the name and the kingdom coming and the will be done, God needs our help. And God and us, we make a pretty good team. God gets done what he wants to get done. So why pray? We are not praying to, for God. We are praying for us. We are praying in this petition that we are inside the good and gracious will of God, that the kingdom of God comes to us, and that the name of God is kept holy among us. So even though we are not mentioned in these petitions explicitly, they do talk about us. And why? Yes, it is about God, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom that come, thy will be done. But remember, we are talking here about the God who wants to be and has made himself our Father, and the God who has made us his children. And that's why the name of God, the kingdom of God, and the will of God are not only about God, they are about us. So God has made us his children in baptism. He has given us the name of child. He has adopted us. And also he wants us to live as his children. So what does that look like? Well, one aspect of that we heard in our Gospel reading, which comes just before Jesus teaching the disciples the Lord's Prayer. Our Gospel reading speaks about this a very specific item concerning what it means to live as a child of God. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven." They just before Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer, he invokes that. Live as the sons of your Father. And what he mentions is loving your enemies. So you want to be a child of God? Live as a child of God. Love your enemies. Why? Because God loves his enemies. Then you are like God. He gives good things to those who are evil. He lets the sun shine, he lets the rain come. More than that, of course, not only the sun and the rain, but God sends his son, his only son, not to the nice people. Not even to the righteous, but to the unrighteous, to save those evil people. as St John writes, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sin. That's the love of God, and that's the love of the children of God. Now, one thing you don't have to do, you don't have to make propitiation. That's been done. So what does your the love to your enemies, to those who persecute, look like? Well, if you want to know what love looks like, we could go back in the Catechism and look at the Ten Commandments. What does it mean to love your enemies? To love them is to help and support your enemies in every physical need, to help them to improve and protect their possession and income. It is not to tell lies about your enemies, betray them, slander them, but rather to speak well of them and explain everything in the kindest way. Really? Well, yeah, that's what the commandments ask us to do, and not about the nice people we like, but the enemies. The Ten Commandments not only apply to the people we think deserve it, but most certainly to those we think don't deserve to be treated according to God's will. So to live as the children of God means to pray for those who persecute you. Maybe we should start with a kind of an easier exercise. Let's pray for those people you can't stand, who get on your nerves. And then let's continue to pray for all those who do their part to undermine and destroy what God builds here on earth, be it in state or in church, and if you are called to suffer Well, I'm sure for most of us the first impulse is to curse. But no, we're not called to curse, we are called to pray. Not only for yourself, that God may give you strength, but for those who are part of that evil plan and purpose. Pray for those who do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. Now there is much more, of course, to be a child of God than what Jesus mentions here when he explicitly says, be like sons of God. There is more to living a holy life than loving your enemies. That's, again, why we go back to the Ten Commandments and learn what does that holy life look like by which we honor God by which we live as his children. For when we do not live according to God's word, we dishonor God's name. And one example, and where we see that is, we all know what happens when a pastor falls into gross public sin. What does happen to the congregation? What happens to what people say outside? Or when a congregation is a place where uh, age-old vendettas are cultivated, gossip flourishes, and it seems to be the place where you exercise your abilities in power struggles. In all of that, God's name is dishonored. People from the outside look at that pastor at that congregation and say, see, you claim to be God's children, but look at you. Aren't you just like we are? No, actually, you are worse than we are, who don't believe in all that religious mumbo jumbo. Because we are at least honest, but you are hypocrites. The name of God is dishonored, and pastors fall into public sin. And congregations are places that don't reflect who God is, where a Christian life is not lived. So part of this godly life is a life of repentance. Because as we know, our lives will never be a true mirror and image of God. Otherwise, oh, how things would be easier, right? Supposedly, some of the Romans said when they saw the first Christians, see how they love each other. That's what you want when you come in a congregation, right? Everybody in the community will look at the congregation and say, see how they love each other. And maybe also, see how they love other people. And they do. And you do. But in frailty and weakness. And also you will fall as they fall. How do we deal with that sin? Do we try to hide it? can't be. After all, we are all Christians, so let's cover up everything. Well, in the last twenty years and longer, we have ample proof what happens when you try to cover up stuff in the Church. It has a tendency to get uncovered and then be even worse. Even worse for the Church and for the world. Do we So we can't hide it. Do we try to justify it? Well, it's not really sin, actually. We do live according to the will of God when we do X, Y, Z. No, because after all, we live our lives according to the word of God, not tailoring the word of God to what we can do or what we think is right or accommodating to what everybody thinks. Or do we actually recognize the sin as what it is? And that means repent of it, get it forgiven, and fight it. Fight it in our lives, and also fight it in our common life. Let it not go. When in our common life as a congregation, not the Word of God triumphs in the life, but very human sins and passions. Where God's name is hallowed, God's kingdom comes and God's will is done. There, Christians will live as God's children. And they will fight the devil, the world, and their sinful flesh. They only can do that when God's word is taught in its truth and purity. Not only because this word tells them what God's will is and what a holy life looks like, BUT BECAUSE SUCH A LIFE CAN ONLY EXIST BECAUSE GOD HAS GIVEN HIS HOLY SPIRIT BY HIS HOLY WORD. AND SO WE BELIEVE THIS HOLY WORD. SO IN THIS PRAYER WE PRAY FOR US AND FOR ALL CHRISTIANS THAT WE STAY GOD'S CHILDREN. THAT AS HIS CHILDREN WE WILL BELIEVE THIS HOLY WORD. THAT AS HIS CHILDREN WE DO ACCORDING TO OUR STATION IN LIFE WHAT IS NECESSARY THAT THIS WORD OF GOD IS TAUGHT IN TRUTH AND PURITY, AND THAT WE LIVE HOLY LIVES ACCORDING TO IT. AND AS CHILDREN OF GOD, WHO LOVE AS GOD LOVES, WE ARE NOT ONLY PRAYING FOR US AND FOR ALL CHRISTIANS, BUT ALSO FOR THOSE WHO, YET PROFANE THE NAME OF GOD, ARE OUTSIDE OF THE KINGDOM OF GOD, AND OPPOSE GOD. SO THAT THEY TOO WILL BE INCLUDED IN GOD'S KINGDOM. AND THEY TOO WILL HALLOW GOD'S NAME IN FAITH AND LOVE. MAY GOD GRANT THAT TO US ALL. Amen.
0: In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord yes. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord yes. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the sick and dying, for all who care for them, let us pray for the Lord. Finally for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord have mercy. Almighty God our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so learn, hear them, read mark learn and take them to heart that by the patience and comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life through jesus christ your son our lord who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit one god now and forever amen i thank Thank you my my heavenly Heavenly Father, father through jesus christ Bless the Lord. The Almighty and Merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us.